Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to the best of My Seven Wonders Live. In each episode of this podcast, I get to talk to a special guest about his or her choice of the seven wonders of their world. While many of these we've recorded either face-to-face in a small studio or laptop-to-laptop online. But at last year's Edinburgh Festival Fringe, we recorded a bunch of seven wonders in front of a live audience, which added a new dimension to the whole experience. On this particular episode, we're looking back at some of the most wonderful wonders from the Edinburgh shows. Some guests chose some very personal wonders. For example, Kay Adams chose her parents. However, this first guest took a very different approach. Here to explain why windows are a wonder of the world is the comedian and self-styled German cultural ambassador, Henning Vane. Make yourself at home. As, yeah. uh, as, uh, oh, it's good, good to see you again. I have, uh, have seen you occasionally before and uh, always yeah. in, enjoy working with you. Now, people will know a little bit about your backstory, but just in case they don't, if I remember rightly, you originally came to Britain from Germany to work at Wickham Wanderers Football Club. That's right. What were you going to do there? You weren't going to be a player, were you? No, sadly not. Uh, no, I was working in the, in the marketing. Yes. And uh, yeah, stayed still. I mean, then stayed for a while. Well, so, so essentially the story was the company I was I've always worked with in uh, was in football slash sports back yeah. home, and the company I was working for uh, back home was about to go under. Yes. So and I looked at my CV, it looked all right, but I didn't speak English other than very basic school English. So I thought, well, yeah. let's go to Blighty for a few months yes. and uh, <laughs> learn the language. So I applied to all the ninety-two league clubs, arranged mm. a few interviews, and then. Uh, yeah, with sheer luck, really, I ended up with a drop at Wickham Wanderers. So it was a good one to practice your English on, because even Wickham Wanderers is probably a, a bit of a challenge originally, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think when I first bought a train ticket, I said, why combi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, their status has improved. So do you think that's down to you and the work that you did with them? I wouldn't claim all the credit for no. it, but uh, mm. it certainly had to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, it coincided with me being there, I guess. Actually good. <laughs> but, but you weren't a comedian... Back home in Germany? No, 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 no. Uh, it wasn't really a stand-up scene as yeah. such. And uh, no, and here in Britain, I've been, uh, I don't know, for about a year and a half, and I walked past the pub and they had a sign out uh, saying, tonight's stand-up comedy, and I never heard of stand-up. I yeah. was intrigued, and so I wonder what that is. So watched it, and yeah. I thought, and it was really a low-key affair, and I thought, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. Yeah. And then I just... Uh, uh, treated the headline on the day, Gary Delaney, as he was, treated him to a beer. In return, he written me down a few uh, phone numbers of uh, Open My Comedy Nights. Yeah. Rang them, arranged a few gigs, and then without any master plan or anything, just had it as a hobby, and then it just no, got slightly out n- of hand. No master plan. Okay. Yeah. Now, the, um, but that's quite a brave move, though, isn't it? To do comedy in a, a language you obviously you were speaking by then, but, yeah, but not really. sometimes comedy is the last thing, jokes are the last thing you can get in another language. Yeah, yeah, but uh, as long as you're the one telling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you... I don't mind why people laugh. Yeah, OK. So. So, but you play, you play on that stereotype that uh, uh, in Britain we're always congratulating ourselves on what a fantastic sense of humour we have, and other nations like Germany uh, don't have such a good sense of humour. You play on that stereotype. Yeah, yeah, no, I say uh, uh, Germans... Like a laugh, the main difference is Germans laugh once the work is done. Yes. <laughs> Rather than instead yeah. of. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the main yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean it, what I would say on that is uh, 
the, the, the sense of humor is probably similar. The main difference is the cultural importance of uh, yeah. of humor. Like uh, in every job advert, it says you have to have a good sense of humor, or yeah. everyone will write in, in their CV they've got good sense of humor, and then you think, what's that? got to do with anything <laughs> so like yeah. uh, the whole idea of self-deprecation i find that hilarious that like, yeah. no matter how badly you you mess up in your line of work yeah as long as you can tell the tale of your underachievement in an entertaining fashion yes yeah everything's well, we all right we weren't really going to concentrate on boris johnson this evening yeah. so we're <laughs> yeah but he's a fine example because with angela merkel they always say oh yeah but uh, she doesn't really have a great sense of humour, and then you think, but she's quite good at governing the country, really, yeah. all things considered. Well, so let's go on to your wonders, and your first wonder is windows, which I assume is the you know the thing we have in the wall to let the light in, rather than anything to do with Microsoft. But mm. uh, you, but also all I all I know is you just put the word windows. Up. So why windows? Because they're mad, aren't they? They're mad. It's like there is something there. Yeah. that you can see through. Yes. That's mad. <laughs> you're, you're, right, you're reacting to that as so though you're a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, there's something there, but we can't see. How, it's, it's a magical thing, then. Yeah, anything. I mean, I, I come to that realisation. The other day, I was staying uh, off the A38 at the Pit Stop Hotel near Axminster, and I was lying in the room, looking round... And I thought, I couldn't make any of these things. So yeah. I looked at the window, the bed, chair, some, there was some print of some painting. And, and I thought, yeah. I wouldn't know how to do any of these things. Yes. Yes. I, no, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, and that's before you get onto the complicated things. Like uh, when you're on a computer, you click on an icon, it works. But if it stops working or it doesn't function... What made that work in the first place? Why can you click on a picture and it connects you with something? It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how do you plug something into a wall and then there's electricity? What is electricity? I don't get any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you might know something of that, but, uh, but that's maybe... But really, I mean, like, the, you know that movie uh, where there is someone, I don't know how it goes exactly, but someone... The whole history of mankind is wiped out and then one fella gets his hands on, on the back catalogue of all the Beatles songs. Oh, yes, yes. And then he, and then he sings all the Beatles songs and he's like, oh, what yeah. a genius. And if I was in the same situation, I would be transferred back any number of years. Yeah. Well, I've seen it all, but I wouldn't know how to yes. replicate yeah. any of it. Yeah. Oh, no, I saw a documentary once set in sort of South America and there was a uh, you know a tribe of people and visiting, you know, people making... the program but sort of missionaries things like that and there's oh we have a very simple life here and then they produce something it was it was like a watch they said oh that's fantastic how do you make one of those of course the person didn't know and they had some jewelry well how do you make that i don't think and of course if we're so specialized in our civilization we there are lots of things going on most of which we have no idea all you know about now is is how to tell jokes uh, and maybe still marketing, but that's that's the end of it. Yeah, Did I mean, you... just well, that we're speaking into these. Yes. And somehow there's a sound being transported out yeah. there. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's mad. It's it's mystifying. It's it's yeah. a, it's it's a good thing. Who come up with all that yeah. stuff? <laughs> well, I um, just Honestly, I mean, I could be back there in. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't be any help. In any of it, and I even know what is possible, but I wouldn't know how to go yeah. about it at all. Look there, that wood, then they've got all the, them benches. How are they so smooth? <laughs> <laughs> Who makes that? Who makes the machinery? Who comes up with the yeah. idea of saying, that is what I do, and then knows how to do it? Well, the thing to be if in a crisis, if you're with a group Look of at them lights. <laughs> <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> The thing to have with you in a crisis, I've been away oh, with the people. The stuff you wear. Yeah. Who makes that? <laughs> and I don't mean that as a diss, like, who made that? Yeah. So, uh, uh, no, it's a fair point. It usually doesn't look great on me, clothing. <laughs> but uh, now we're, we're going to move on to your next wonder. I'm not sure how far we're going. Your, your wonders seem to remain uh, in close. Well, anyway, let's see here we go. So mirrors is your next thing. <laughs> <laughs> when you're fixing a Velux window, especially with a Pantol, we've got a Regent here, you need to make sure that when you position them, they suit the time. Your second one that takes us yeah. very firmly to America. To where to I America. grew up, yeah. yeah. So the first one, 
might I feel like people listening might go, oh, you like a Billy Bragg song. Wow, bold choice, man. This next one, I believe you're talking about the hot dog. Yes, a hot dog from Rutt's Hut, Rutt's Hut. in Clifton, New Jersey. Clifton, it is one of the seven wonders of my world. Okay, yes. now, yeah. uh, I, uh, I like to sort of mug up on the, you know, the wonders that they're giving me, but I, I didn't really attempt this. Sure. But, so you just, you just fill me in. It's, is, is Rutt's Hut a big chain I should no, be aware of? Or it's there's just one of them. Mr. Rutt. Uh, it's just, it was a Jack guy, Rutt. There I was don't... an original guy named, yeah. I think his name, if I remember right, it was Abraham Rutt founded it decades ago. Yes. And it's sitting in... If you are familiar with New Jersey, you might know the stereotype is that it's kind of an ugly place. Yes. Um, I, as a native and a resident, fight back against that. But this is exactly what you're thinking of in your mind. Yeah. It's sitting like off to the side of a highway. Yeah. And it's a hot dog, which is not a very classy food. Yeah. But I am a big fan of simple things done to perfection. Right. Fair and enough. And if you ever get a chance and you're in the States... Mm. And you want to taste a hot dog done to the peak level that a hot dog can be. <laughs> it is at Rutt's Hut in Clifton, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is it? Is the actual hot dog that's good? Does, does, does he or they, do they stuff their own hot dogs or do they get a good supplier or is the way they cook it it's, or what? They deep fry. It is fried to the point where the, si the skin is crackling. Yeah. It is as American as American gets. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody in Scotland is going to be attracted to deep fried, no. No, no, deep no. fried reconstituted meat products. You're going to have to go some to convince. I was just saying to my wife earlier today, she was like, she literally, she, I've been here for two full weeks. She landed on Monday and she was like, is there any place that we can just get a salad? And I was like, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they've brought salad to Scotland. Scotland, yeah. Like. You can get deep fried salad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. She got a salad that was covered in uh, pickles. The whole salad was pickles. Yeah. She's like, what is this? Where's the lettuce? I said, yeah. I don't think it grows here. <laughs> I don't think it grows in this soil. This is a dreadful, dreadful stereotype. It is possible to have a salad. I had a salad earlier on today. Good. Well, and, uh, I, they don't. I, I because I couldn't, her system couldn't cope with any I, more deep fried <laughs> breakfast, which is the only meal I seem to have time for. I'd like to claim that I'm just like playing into the stereotype, but we have been yeah. actively looking for salad yeah. and finding it very difficult oh, to look you'll be able to find. Yes. Go to Morrison's if you can find okay. one. Get your, get your discount. Um, but so where is this this it, the hut? So is it like a shack at the side of the road, or is that a, a term for a, it's now an elaborate? It is building. a true hut. It is it is just a structure and a parking lot off the side of a highway. Yeah. One half of it is just hot dogs. The other is a bar where yeah. you can order a beer and a hot dog right there. Right. Both of them have what I think is the hallmark of of uh, very confidently prepared food, which is that the workers are not nice to you. Yes. They yeah. do not have time to waste yeah. on you. If you walk up and you're like, yeah. oh, can, how should I? They yeah. just go, what do you want or get out of the way? And uh, you yeah. can get you can get it uh, ordered. You can just order a hot yeah. dog and they'll cook it up. You can get a ripper, which is extra well done. Or you yeah. can get a cremator mm. uh, yeah. where that's where they just fry yeah. it forever. Yeah. I think the Scottish would really love yes. that. Yeah. Uh, and then they make their own relish, which yeah. you can put on it. And it's it's Sounds perfect. Like it's perfect. That, yeah. that reminds me, I was once in New York with, uh, my friend uh, Dan Patterson, who invented Who's Lines in anyway, and he was he always insists he knows everyone, and he insisted a group of us went to uh, like a salt beef bar, which was famous for the rudeness of the waitresses. Sure, and and yeah, yeah that sort of come was very very Jewish kind of place, and yeah, come on, you know, make it. And when we got there, everyone was being so polite to us, and they were they were like, they were young, pleasant servers, waiters, waitresses, and so forth. And we, we we were kind of disappointed. And he raised he raised this. He said, "I don't understand. Every time I've been here before." And they and they went. They literally went down to the to the base. They brought up an old waitress. Said, what are you on? What are you talking about? Not being rude. Have you decided? Why are you having a piece of it? And she did a whole performance for Dan. USA. Yes. USA. <laughs> So how many times would you go to uh, this? Is this a, like a once a week thing or once a year for nostalgic If purposes? you ate at this place once a week, you would not live. Yeah, okay. you would not, <laughs> you'd be dead within three years of trying yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was a rare thing growing up. I actually, it was a place that I heard about growing up. And when I got my license and had the freedom of an automobile, yeah. me and my friends sought it out immediately because we had heard so much. All right. Sadly, 
I did go vegetarian a few years ago. Okay. But I sit and I dream about this hot dog. Yeah. That there's another place called Jimmy Buffs in uh, in West Orange, New Jersey, which is a different style of hot dog. Right. A similar thing though, deep fried. You're That's a hot we, dog expert, aren't you? In New yeah. Jersey, we All take breeds hot, dogs. Of hot dogs. Yeah, we take them you. very seriously yes. in New Jersey. We yeah. do. We yeah. do. Yeah. So Rut's Hut in New Jersey has been voted the best hot dog in America. Well, is it? I'm about to find out. We're, we're moving to your next wonder, which takes us uh, a bit closer to home. Um, but, and I don't not quite sh- well, I'm guessing why this is on here. I can't work it out. The old Shea Ground Halifax. Ah, uh, yes, this is quite a leap. I accept it. Yeah. Oh, Yorkshire people here. I, um, yeah, oh, well, how lucky. There's a huge clack of Yorkshiremen and women in uh, to su- maybe from Halifax. It wasn't luck. I know my audience. I, uh, <laughs> I sent out a massive questionnaire this morning. Um, yes. You can't be from Halifax. That, well, that is a well, remarkable... That, that is. That's a huge yeah, coincidence. Yeah. I, yeah. No one could have expected that. Um, now, look, no, I, so before we get to your word, and I, when I first saw you performing, which was a long while ago, it was actually the uh, Hay Literary Festival. Oh, that's right. And you to, came yeah. on, and you were, you were Welsh in those days. Yeah, funny, things, funny things happen over time. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> you, you performed as a Welsh I, person. The first few years, I yes. did. And that was something which sort of hatched here again at the Fringe. Yeah. Uh, I won an open mic competition it's a little bit like the Jack D thing, actually. Yeah. I just did it as a sort of Welsh persona on a whim, and then that started to go well, and then I began being introduced as the Welsh comedian. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember, I think all that made me stop it really was, well, firstly, Rod Gilbert came along, and uh, I, I felt as if well, I was stealing his There's been lots of Welsh life. comedians. Isn't it's yeah. true, it's true. Yeah. There's been Max Boyce who come and gone well before. I don't think he, he's not gone, actually. No, um, he's, yeah, he's... Nobody's quite that Welsh, I suppose. But um, <laughs> it was also actually... You might have even been there. There was a, basically what started to happen was that I appeared more and more on Radio Four and other places where, specifically, there was a, an episode of Loose Ends yeah. where I was on, and I, so I, you do your act. Oh, plenty of people here will heard Loose Ends. You, you perform your stand up, so. yeah, surely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did my five minutes of stand up with the oh. other acts around the table, but then there's a bit where you just chat, and I had to maintain the Welsh accent. During that, and this was happening more and more. I, I don't get a lift home with a comedian. Often, when you start out, you you're dependent on the other comedian. You go somewhere like Halifax, someone that drives everyone home. Yeah. And I end up talking for three or four hours in in my adopted Welsh accent, just to oh thanks for thanks for the lift. I'll give yes. you some petrol money. Yeah. And, and I start to think, well, this is um, I'm I'm living more in a, in a lie than in reality here. Right. Yeah. Um. And so there was a day when I went on Radio Four, something like this ends, performed in my Welsh accent, and then just spoke in my normal voice. And there were quite a lot of I don't exactly complaints, but there were confused uh, well, listener be, feedback yes. after that. Yeah. yeah. And so I started to think it probably is time to retire this. Otherwise, I'll be in Jack D's situation. Mm. I'll still be doing it. It was a very All easy right. accent for me to adopt because a lot yeah. of my family are from, Welsh, uh, from Wales, but you can't, um, you don't want to do that for your whole life. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, uh, I'm disturbed. You obviously remember being on Loose End. You can't remember if it was me or Ned Sheeran presenting at the time. <laughs> uh, but which, fair enough. And uh, that bit when a comedian did a few minutes, I got rid of on that because I thought that was the worst gig to give a comedian to perform to, it might be about 20 people. I think and I, I said, did it, first was definitely Ned Sharon because yeah. I couldn't believe I was meeting him and then I think it was with you and you're right, by then it was just a chat yes. and uh, it was yeah. much better. Yeah, yeah. nothing's odder really than doing stand-up to literally six people yeah. and there's always a band there as well. Yes, you yeah. see the, ba- yeah. the band with the best one in the world are probably not going to laugh uh, that well, much, so they're, they're tuning well, their instruments. Well, we often have you know musicians from Mali or Japan or somewhere so they're not always the most receptive audience. They might to... not be big on a, a joke about the big breakfast or yes, something. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. So you're, so you're I think your mother's Welsh, and that's right, a yeah. lot of. And and you, I grew up in Bristol, in fact, yeah. so almost in Wales. Yeah. Um, although an important distinction uh, as yeah. far as Bristolian well, is concerned. But Bristolian accent is off is a is a popular accent for for comedians and comedy as well. So you could have switched between the two. You could have done a bit more, uh, bit uh, more Bristol. And then, that's then, right. Yeah. yeah. But the, but the, because my my dad is neither from Bristol nor Wales, I didn't. Really, I think my, my accent sort of comes from him. I didn't really pick up much of a natural. There's occasional Bristolian tang that comes in. If I'm in Bristol, I become more Bristolian. Oh, of course. And yeah. if I'm at the football or doing yeah. some other the Bristolian thing I um, okay. suddenly to a degree which is quite embarrassing actually alright well we've got to get back to Halifax yes. though so this is not Bristol no. it's not Wales it's not Edinburgh you haven't mentioned Halifax until we get to this one but so no, why in, in fact my, my experience of uh, performing in Halifax has been quite limited I've only done two shows there the first one was uh, with Russell Howard and both of us were very young comedians at the time uh, and it's my first one of my first ever gigs in Yorkshire, in fact, and I had this idea in my head that uh, it would be that it'd be rough, that I would be regarded with suspicion as a southerner. So I was pacing up and down, thinking, "Don't let yourself down." You, 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 like in those days, you do a lot of early early career, you do a lot of sort of rougher club gigs as well. Yeah. Um, this I can't remember the name of the place, but it did seem quite intimidating. 
Uh, so, and so it's just like walking up and down, walking up and down, getting yeah. more and more frantic. Uh, my name was called, walked on thinking, be confident, look, look, bold, look rough. Look, um, and, but in fact, I'd uh, give myself a nosebleed and it was all over me. And so, um, <laughs> so I walked on stage, felt the audience gasp, looked down, absolutely covered in blood. And yeah. um, it was quite a memorable gig. Yes. I, uh, yeah. And they wouldn't know whether you'd been hit as you came up, or it was part of a comedy I, I nearly, skit. I nearly oh, it's a bit like his Welsh accent. He just he puts it on sometimes. I did nearly claim yeah. it had happened on the way there, like yeah. comedians do, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the end, almost the whole gig was about that. And by the end, I think I'd convinced them it was real blood. Mm. Um, not the sort of act you can replicate many times, though, I have to say. Um, but the... So my, my, well, uh, the Shea ground is... Um, well, now called uh, the Shea Stadium. It uh, was a football ground in, in Halifax, Halifax Towns Stadium. Yes. And um, I'm an enormous... Uh, well, football fan, but I have specific enthusiasm for old football stadiums. Very often I will go and visit the football ground of a town I mean even if there's not a game there just to, just to see it yeah um, and obviously uh, a lot of stadia now are built out of town and they're a bit more not exactly soulless but uh, they're sort of bigger and more corporate mm. seeming but um, there are still a few of these grounds around that are kind of crumbling and have old yeah. old style terraces and old advertising but they also have a very large collection of football programmes and it's the same sort of appeal this um a taste of a world that's gone, you know, cigarette adverts yeah. or adverts for coach tours, long defunct uh, coach, Bovril, yeah, all this yeah. sort of thing. I have a real yeah. uh, Pee- sentimental fondness. Peeing down the terraces at half Yes, <laughs> wing in someone else's pocket. Yeah, the golden yeah. days. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I, in fact, I, t- yes, <laughs> I took my son, who's, up, who's now 12, but when he was about eight, I took him to a football match, a non league ground where you still g- could get Bovril. Yeah. And he, he, he asked what it was, and I said, uh, well, I said it's a beef drink, basically. And he, he literally just wouldn't believe me. No. I, um, <laughs> I had to get one to yeah. prove it to him. Melted cow. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's been, this is melted cow. Yeah. One or a Coke. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I... Um, so, and now, this, is, so this already is no longer, no longer there. It's been rebuilt. But when I first went to uh, Halifax to play, it was about 2010 or something, uh, Halifax's club had gone out of business and the ground was just there, you might remember, just a, a ghost of a football ground uh, that had been there for 70, 80 years. And I, uh, also it was snowing, it was December. So I stood, it was an obviously mad thing to do. No one had visited for years, but I went out in the snow and just uh, stood on this ancient terrace yes. thinking about the people that congregated there for yeah. decades, generations of people, uh, many of them, to be fair, in flat caps. And I, um, I felt... Uh, that's what's in it for me, really, with old stadiums, the sense of how much... Yes. The same way some people feel about visiting a um, Roman amphitheatre, and yeah. I do, actually. Um, but it's, it, uh, this is, the reason I chose it is, as I say, it's now a bit rebuilt. Halifax, as a club, are back on their feet. Yeah. Um, so now you would just see a, a sort of generic lower league ground there. But for about, for about 10 years, there was this, as I say, phantom mm. place there. And I'd happened to be there during that window. So it's a sort of... It's one of my seven wonders because it, I, yeah. it no longer exists in that form, basically. Can I just check with our you know, party in from Yorkshire? Does any of this make sense? Is, he, is, is there a ground? Is it crumbling? Or what's happening to it now? Yeah. yeah. Just like you said. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, no. um, I didn't want it. Yeah, they managed to reform the club with yeah. mostly public like fans' money, actually. So it is a happy story. They, 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 it's back in business again. They, yes, they came back oh, from the dead yeah. as a club. But yeah. obviously, it was kind of magical to see this um, yeah. this abandoned football ground. Mostly, they get sold off and yeah. turned into Ikeas and things like that. Um, but if you can grab them, there's yeah. sometimes a, a ghost ground there just for a couple of years. And it yes. is quite a thing if you're a football fan to observe. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't interpret in put in my stories as well particularly but it does, did remind me of uh, I once went on a trip with my father to Glen Buck in Ayrshire uh, which used to have a t- does anyone know about the Glen Buck cherry pickers all yeah. yeah. oh, right there you are see so so to give you an idea of what the sort of holidays I had as a child <laughs> they were labor basically <laughs> <laughs> no we 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 stayed me and my father stayed with my ex-infant school teacher <laughs> Mrs Willock who lived in Alloway in uh, Ayrshire I don't know why we spent some days. She was retired. I don't know I why. Going I, was I was going to ask. No, I know, but it was a, <laughs> it's a complicated story. Anyway, we went on a trip to see Glen Buck, which used to produce, it was a mining village, and it produced loads and loads of great footballers, um, including, as it happens, Bill Shankly, the, the Liverpool manager, right. and his brother, who was another uh, manager. But there, all we could see was a field. Uh, the mining thing was gone. There was a school still being used to, being used to score 
uh, store straw and um, agricultural products like that. And the whole village, apart from three houses, had completely disappeared. And uh, I was... <laughs> oh, this is where all these footballers came from, most, most of whom I had never heard of. But uh, um, So that, 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 for me, lodges in my mind. As a, as it was all misty, you know. A man came out of the mist and said he remembered the Shankleys and they all lived over there and then <laughs> crumbled down. He would have been paid yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he said it three times Has a day. Has anyone else gone to see Glenn Buck? Anyone might... As we had a chance if we had a party from Glenn Buck as well as... Uh, well, but then it would, start to, it would start to look suspicious. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Your next one is, well, I think it's personal to you, but I suppose it's general application. Well, you've put it down as good parents, mine in particular. Yeah, so. well, um, sadly, my parents have passed away uh, within the last uh, sort of four or five years. Yeah. Um, I suppose this is something that I reflect on more as you get older. Sure. Um, in that I was so fortunate with my parents, you know, um, you know, just hardworking, decent, loving, supportive people. Yeah. And the more, you know, I proceed through life and you meet, lo- thankfully in our job, we meet lots of different people, which yes. is one of the great privileges of it. Sure. Um, and you meet some wealthy people, famous people, talented yes. people, you know, whatever. Some lovely people and some pretty unpleasant people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, you do. I'm sorry about that, but you just had to come here. So uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. And a lot of you know, a lot of people are chasing fame or money or yeah. whatever. And I, I do have come to the conclusion that the greatest gift you can have in this world is, is great parents. Mm. What, um, what did they think of you as you progressed onwards? You went to university to study, you, you, you told yeah. politics and economics. Did they think, yes, good, good, hardworking subjects, those, you'll be either, <laughs> you'll either be doing something to do with business or it could be, you know, public life. And, well, but then you said, no, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, be yeah. in broadcasting. Was that, was that a... Yeah, but I mean, that was a great thing. I mean, they, they hadn't been to university. Um, I think one of my dad's sisters had gone to university, but that wasn't really their thing. Yeah. Um, but actually, the great thing about them was that they didn't, they didn't have an ex- not they didn't have an expectation for me. They certainly had an expectation, but it was whatever I wanted to do. Yes. I mean, they weren't you know fussed as what I was doing as long as. I was doing well, I was happy, yeah. and to have that level of support yeah. um, was was amazing for me. I mean, whatever I had done, yeah. well, I say that, my mum might not have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> she was maybe a bit more ambitious than my dad, to be fair. He'd have been happy whatever I'd done. Well, I, obviously, I look back to see how many different programmes you've done, which is a huge list of things. Mm. Uh, it, it looks as though you must have been pretty successful straight away and straight into making a name for yourself. Yeah. Well, it doesn't feel like that at the time, does it? No, You're just sort oh, of climbing yeah. a, a ladder. Um, I was so lucky. I did get a good break straight out of university. I got um, an internship, they call it now, but a traineeship with Central Television in Birmingham. Right. So my first job was right in television, and we got a fabulous training. Yes. Um, and so many young people will now say to me, who are studying media or whatever, which wasn't as common um, no. when I was at university, you know, how do I get into this business? How do I get into the business? Um, and the level of training that I got on a decent pay yeah. um, just isn't available to young people 
now. I mean, they're, they're having to work for buttons or they're going to London, they can't afford the accommodation, etc. I think, I think the law now requires them to be paid something. Because, yeah. Uh, because but, they were, it was a nice little number to give your oh, internship. You come and yeah. like a Victorian way of getting people started. Well, yeah, but people who didn't come from, you know, families who had that kind exactly. of um, resources would find it very difficult to get yeah. into television or, or journalism, right. whereas I was paid a proper wage, you know. Yes. And, and Birmingham was that a, was that a culture oh, shock going from Rangemouth to Birmingham or Edinburgh? To, Edinburgh. To I loved Birmingham. I really did. I didn't. I didn't when I first got there, and mm. I can remember that that thing sort of getting in my little battered car with all of my goods in yeah. the back. You know, everything there. Probably a ghetto blaster on the back shelf or whatever. And I drove to Birmingham on my own. First time I'd ever been there. Yeah. And it's not the prettiest city when you arrive. Well, it apparently is. We've been nothing but beauty in Birmingham over the well, Commonwealth not Games. Well, it's yeah. the, the best city on earth. It is a transformed city. Transformed city, But yes. back then, yeah. mid-80s, it wasn't so fine. Lots um, more canals than Venice. Has it? Yes, uh, only really? Venice has uh, gondolas and Birmingham has uh, supermarket trolleys. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, and so I, I parked at a car park and I thought, what the hell have I done? You know, it's a big yeah. move, isn't it? Yeah. Your first move away, away. Yeah. Um, oh, but I quickly loved it. I really loved Birmingham. I right. loved the people. Um, Central was a fantastic um a fantastic company to work. My first job was on a children's um, news programme and the main presenter was an Irish wolfhound who farted a lot. Um, so that kind of... taking dogs off the list now? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that kind of put me in my place. Yeah. And then I had a, a sort of break in that I interviewed Margaret Thatcher oh, um, wow. when I was about 24. How'd you um, get on? It was the most terrible interview that has ever been broadcast. Oh, come on, I can match any of the... No, no. <laughs> No, believe yeah. me, I, I yeah. win this one, I win it, um, yeah. because I was too young, I was completely wet behind the ears, she was, whatever anyone thinks of her politics, she was uh, an incredibly smart and uh, formidable, formidable. formidable yeah. woman, and yeah. when I say she wiped the floor with me, it was quite interesting the way she did it, in that she completely infantilised me, you know. Right. Um, so she was nice to me, like she was yeah. super nice to me. She was sort of straightening my collar right. and saying, "Oh, your mum will want you to look smart and <laughs> all of this kind come of thing." Come on, dear, come yeah, on. Yeah, it question. was exactly yes, like yeah. that, exactly yeah. like that. And showing me round Ten Downing Street because it was oh, in right. Ten Downing oh, Street. Oh wow! Um, and she showed me all the portraits. She answered the door. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that happening yeah. now? I actually, a big policeman at the door, and I'm knocking on the door, you know, is Margaret there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she opened the door. Fantastic. And then immediately started sort of dusting me down, and yeah. she must have known. So by the time I was sitting in a chair ready to interview, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so you do it's like one of those 1950s interviews. Yeah. Tell us about how the job exactly. is so difficult. <laughs> exactly. It was an hour-long interview, and I think I, I asked two questions. Yes. The first one, and I sneaked and one in the middle and then she talked and, yeah. and that was it um, and I was papped out So did um, that give you the taste for political interviewing or did it put you off and think oh um, yeah. Okay, it was a one-off experience I really did want to to be a political journalist yes. that was my original thought but I actually as part of that spent quite a lot of time at Westminster um, yeah. as a young woman in those days and I thought no I don't really want to be part of this it wasn't an atmosphere that I found particularly no. Um, impressive, to be honest. It did feel like a boys' yeah. club. So, know? well, talking about boys' club, but then uh, uh, girls' clubs. You do, you do loose women, which yeah. is a different sort of program. But the, I mean, there's a huge number of different people have been on it. But you've been not a constant, but you've had a lot of time on it for length yeah, of time. Well, I think is that I was... a different form of broadcasting? Is that different skills, would you say? I, I don't think it is, you know. I, I, well, I do, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. I mean, obviously from the outside, people see serious programmes and silly programmes yeah. and, and whatever, but the job is the job. Yeah. And, you know, it is to keep a conversation going, um, to bring people in, to keep some flow to it, yes. to try and make sure that you allow everyone to show the best of themselves themselves yeah. and well to be fair that's not the job in political interview though no but you know I, to I, a certain extent the thing that i would think uh, just looking at it from there's lots of people you know is it four of you there or five you know, and then a guest comes on and you might have a question and you just think of a follow-up question and then everyone else has 
becoming part of it and the conversation goes in a completely different that is direction. Bloody annoying, I have to say. <laughs> it really is, but that is that yeah. is the gig, you know. So, and uh, uh, Janet Street Porter is an old friend of mine. And, uh, <laughs> oh, <is> so, she? <laughs> so I sh- but I should imagine she's probably a bit of a challenge if you're because she she yeah. occasionally will express an opinion yeah. in the course of. Uh, <laughs> she will. She will. It's yeah. funny. I, you know, I should have put her down as one of my wonders, Janet. Um, <laughs> You know, she is a remarkable person yeah. and um, she's not easy. She'll say she's not easy. Ah, fuck off. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's only half past eight. Yes. Janet, please calm down. You know, yeah. And she won't do yeah. this and she won't do this and she yeah. won't do that. But then. That was the first thing she said to me, actually. I'd well, written some yeah. ad libs for her, some things for her to say in a programme. She said, Who wrote this fucking crap? I said, well, it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's me, Janet, but uh, if you want to do it better. But then she commissioned me to do a documentary mm. series around the world and I've yeah. uh, worked for or other things and so I'm a big fan of hers well, I but I can too. see being on a, a you know screen with her yeah uh, well you've with. got to you've got to know how to um euphemistically tickle Janet's tummy yes I, I would say and and Ooh. you know there are certain <laughs> <laughs> I handed you that can one I be, <laughs> can I be left to tickle the tummy of the cockapoo while you do uh, Lady Thatcher, the Swedish people know you very well as a former Prime Minister of Great Britain. When I speak to men, they very rarely like to admit that they have power, and even less that they enjoy it. What about you? But to be Prime Minister is to exercise power. You must be conscious of that responsibility. Conscious that there are people who don't know... The first wonder that you have supplied to me and uh, I, I took down the other evening is uh, grandmother, your grandmother's radiogram. Yes. So why is that a wonder of the world? Well, because that actually did get me started doing vocal impressions. Yes. So we can kind of stay on the same sort of theme yeah. because... Um, well, you can do an impression of your grandmother, if you like, and we won't know this <laughs> right or wrong unless, unless yeah. Margaret Thatcher was your grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it, it sort of almost felt like that growing up in the 80s. Yeah. It's like she was a sort of aunt, you know, a sort of stern aunt. Yeah. Ooh, I keep yeah. away from. Um, but, so where yeah. was your grandmother or where was her radio Well, this particular grandma was in Hull. Yeah. Um, and when I was very little, I don't know if we touch on that with one of them because I've forgotten what they are now that I told you, but um, I came back, we came back from having emigrated to New Zealand um, and we stayed at my great-grandmothers for a while and the radiogram was there and of course we didn't have telephones or ipads or i didn't even have any toys because you know we didn't really bring much over from new zealand so as adults just used to talk to each other and there was no teletubbies i'd just sit and i'd play with this radiogram and i was about four um and i'd just I was taught, you know, oh, you just put it on there and you put the needle on yeah. there and then it plays. And she had such a vast collection. And so you sort of imprint when you're that age. And I think for me, particularly with accents, um, having my mum being from the South, my dad being from the North, and then um, learning to speak in New Zealand, where they'd emigrated to from Hull, then coming back. And there's all these influences. So my, uh, my mind was very open to ways of communication and the way that listening out for the way people speak. You've got to tune into an accent, really, yeah. haven't you? You know, especially when you're up here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> in Glasgow, <laughs> for some reason, I yeah. seem to only be good at Glasgow. Oh, okay. Well, that will make you popular in because you can be making fun of it. That's, uh, yeah. uh, maybe so, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, Malarine Kelly, you know, she's. Oh, yeah. uh, I actually think she's from Dundee, yes. but you know, it's yeah. a very. It's. Uh, it kind of sounds a bit Newton Barnes or somewhere like that. I think that's. Oh, so, well, this know, is impressive, isn't it? You <laughs> South side or different or localities within various cities. Normal guys, definitely. Yeah. Sounds like that, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you're, everything's so wonderful. Oh, it's so nice. It's it so nice. Um, anyway, she, she is very lovely, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She's no, definitely, and you're very nice. <laughs> um, and so are you, and you, and you. So yeah, so uh, so this record, these this collection of records, there was, you know, all kinds of people in there. There was Shirley Bassey. That was my favourite. Um, all right. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I have nothing. Uh, she had so many of her records. She yes. absolutely loved her. Um, and then I think there was Cleo Lane, yes. who seemed to do sort of normal straight songs with a, a slight, uh, slight London accent. So she'll say, 
He was beautiful from the moment I saw him. And then she suddenly sort of... And Jazz confused me, you know. You were, you were lapsing into Bruce Forsyth there with her accent. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You get nothing prepared. Oh, they're not bad. Yeah, yeah. A bit of warming up and they should be all right. Stay on, stay on for me. Yeah. I'm on straight after this. So so uh, what era are we talking about with this, this radio? What, what sort of era of music? Uh, and you, so, yes, those, are, the, those are timeless performers, those. Well, I can't <laughs> get my head around where the, when this was. Yes, well, she had a lot of uh, records from the 60s, but this was the 70s. This would have been, uh, well, I was born in 72, I don't mind telling you, yeah. 50 this year, yeah. uh, which, which I'm all right with, actually. I'm finding it quite empowering. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I will when I get there. So <laughs> I love it. I, 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 I don't want to concentrate too much on the radio, but I have a picture because when I was growing up, um, I don't want to play the stereotype, but I had a Scottish father and we didn't waste our money on things, <laughs> such as buying you know, records, you know, 45s or anything mm. like that. But eventually my mother prevailed upon him and we got... So I never had... we. Except when we borrowed them, we never had one of those sort of dance set record players that everybody else in the world had. But eventually, my mother got us, it's like a sort of coffin. It was like a tea coffin. It had a record player in one bit, oh, and a yeah. radio in another radio, bit, and yes. another big. Did anybody have one like that? That's and it, we that's thought this I mean. was, was the same. Yes. we thought it was fantastic. And then I would play sort of dodgy records on there that I tried to. Make sure my mother didn't hear the lyrics because even then they were slightly rude ones. You know, what kind of? Thing? Well, just all you know, just uh, the, the the records of the day. I, I, I may be thinking of one Rolling Stones record in particular. Ah. Luckily, she couldn't make out what it. Uh, <laughs> it's, called, it's called Star Star when you when, when they put it, but it's it's, it's slightly rude than that. Anyway, uh, you can look it up one day. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to go on that. But so so that's the sort of thing. A sort of piece of furniture that that your yes, grandmother could yes. uh, play her records on. Yes, it was a sort of teak thing. Yes, and. And, um, and yeah, and she, she had all the, the ones from the 70s, uh, 60s, like um, Helen Shapiro and right. Sandy Shaw and Lulu, of yes, course. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and then um, lots of 70s, Barbara Streisand, you know, that sort of thing was yeah. kind of getting a bit more, that was a bit more yeah. cool for my grand. All right. <laughs> so, so, Lulu, can you do Lulu? Are you, are you... Well, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cruel one because that's straining your voice early on for your show later on. I haven't done my warm up yet. Oh, no, I, I should be doing that uh, yeah. now. <laughs> well, treat this as your warm up. Every now and just throw in a vague sound <laughs> yeah. and we'll understand. Anyway, so it's a ready one. We're going to move on, but does that bring back happy memories of your grandmother? Was she a lovely, warm woman? And, yes. And we, we, um, that's, that's an interesting story. You. You emigrated from Hull to New Zealand, yes, and then yes. back again. And that, yes. What what didn't you like, or what didn't your parents like about? Yes, New Zealand? well, I was only four, so I was yeah. having a great time out yeah. there. But um, the better it, may, may be some New Zealanders in uh, tonight. Yeah, are there? Well, or not, as the no. case may be. <laughs> That's fine then. We can yeah. talk about sheep and yeah. stuff. No, they've um, said yes or some yes. some other some other combination. Uh, of, uh, well, the most famous New Zealand person, my relatives, are uh, Jacinta Ardern, who <laughs> likes to talk about building big bitter. <laughs> uh, like a sort of New Zealand Janet Street yeah. Porter. <laughs> they seem to have decided on the journey over they will swap all the vowels to to one on. Just, uh, just uh, and it's uh, no, not much better, not much worse, but it's just confusing. <laughs> Who decided to do that? <laughs> no, I like that awful uh, um, advert for the decking. Yes. From, uh, yes. 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 <laughs> okay. New Zealand's a pretty young country, and as a result, we don't really have regional accents. Except for one region in the next, bottom of the your South next Island. Next wonder of the world. Now, this is an interesting one. Nobody else has chosen this. I've done about, I must get on for 60 of these now. So there's some overlaps, especially here in Edinburgh. But nobody else has chosen oat milk. <laughs> <laughs> oat milk. Oat milk? Yes. Yeah. As, as I mentioned already, I'm a vegan. Yes. Uh, but I like a brew. Yes. I really like a brew. Yeah. And uh, soya milk is a bit. Mm, Almond milk is terrible for the environment. Oh, the amount dreadful. of water it uses, almond milk. Yeah. Uh, coconut milk is just coconuts mm. in your brew, it's isn't sweet, it? sweet, isn't it? And it tastes of yeah. coconut. Yeah. Um, which is not what you want in a cup of tea. No. And I, I didn't have a cup of tea for about three years because none of the milks uh, worked well. Right. And then one day I just thought, I'll try oat milk, Clive. I just yeah. thought, I'll try oat milk. Give it one last I chance. Give it one chance. Yeah. And uh, 
I love tea. I love tea. Yeah. I do. I drink Assam. Yes. I'm a big fan of the Assam tea. Oh, I, I say Assam. Not, I, I, I drink Assam tea. No, but... The... <laughs> I drink Assam. You know, yeah, yeah. Assam, which yeah. is one of only two places in the world where tea grows naturally. All right. Um, and it's beautiful. I've tasted the tea as well in Sri Lanka. Yes. I've been to the tea farms and done the tea oh, tea. So you're a real... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but if I... I sorry to pick you on these minor things, but, long yeah. away, but do, you didn't have to give up tea because you couldn't find the milk. Too. You just drink tea without milk in it. It's, uh, I know, it's but it makes your it? cheeks go, hmm. <laughs> you is end that, up is like... that a bad thing, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> It's a velvet fist, isn't it? It really is. I don't know what you're talking about now, but that's... (laughs) But so the the oat milk that I got, I've I've fallen in love with it. And so much to the point now that in our house, we only have oat milk and I'm the only sort of awkward person. Everybody likes it. It works. I implore you, it's good for the environment, good for your health. Yes. It's good, very good for your oat milk. Now, odd, odd enough, I was reading a paper today, uh, you know, actual physical paper, The Times, and there was an article about a machine you can get to turn. You get oats and you put it into the machine. It turns it into oat milk. Yeah. Now, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. Did anyone read The Times? It's called yeah. a blender. No, but this... Well, that was kind of the point of the article yeah. that they eventually said, well, you could do it with, yeah. with anything. But there's a special... Obviously, with this, you, it's one of these things you buy and yeah. you use twice yeah. and then you put away. But it might exactly suit you. It makes a lot of noise, but you do get milk, about a handful of oats and or a bit of water. a pound from the shop. Yeah. Yes. It's really nice. Have you got an air fryer? No, uh, but that was, that was mentioned in the article. But uh, it sounds like a good idea, though. But, They're great. Uh, yeah. Has anybody else got one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Keep it out all the time. Yes. The trick to an air fryer is not to think of it as a fryer, but as a mini convection oven. Because <laughs> it heats up really quickly. Do so you, you do the advert on the telly? <laughs> that sounded so good. That's the voiceover. For, just, the, just think of it as a mini convection <laughs> oven. <laughs> I do do some, I do do some uh, voiceovers. I used oh. to do uh, Piers Morgan's Life Stories with Best Western Hotels. Hotels with personality. <laughs> so, are you, I've done quite a few of these. Yeah, the, it sounds good, your my voice. My latest one yeah. I've got. It's, it's the, I got there and they went, it's just a small radio campaign. He said, all right. And I went, yeah. And I got the script. Yeah. And this is what I had to say. I went, a pound. What can a pound buy you these days? Well, at Fishing Republic, it can get you half a pint of maggots. <laughs> And then it goes, so don't delay. Rush down to Fishing Republic in Barnsley. Yeah. I'm selling maggots in Barnsley. I think this is not what I got into show business for. But it's, it's, it's a paid gig. What, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, oat milk. Oh, oat milk. Yeah. So, so that's, yes, I, of course, you just, you're just reminding us again, of course, if you're vegan, mm-hmm. there's lots of things that you, you, you can't have because no. if you're going to be absolutely strict about it. I am it. strict. I don't eat honey. You know, some people eat honey yeah. of the vegans. I don't. Because it's cruel to the bees to have them beavering away or, uh, or well, not beavering away, but working away to make honey. Busy as bees. And yeah. you nick it off them. But uh, Yeah, and then the bees die. You know, yeah. people don't forget this. They, you kill the, the bees are only there because you're having the honey. Don't they though. get a bit of oat milk or something to eat to keep them going and, uh, and you have their honey? Yeah, so you don't I, I'm, I'm triggered by your yeah. uh, stuff yeah. about bees. Yeah. Um, you can't have Lee and Perrin's no. Worcestershire sauce because there's a little bit of anchovy in, anchovy, in one. Not a little bit, that's oh, what it is. A, oh, is it mainly? Oh, that's right. what Lee and Perrin's is, is barrels of anchovies turned for decades to get an anchovy thing. What I have is Henderson's. Henderson's. Oh, Has anybody had Henderson's? Yeah, that's Yorkshire, yeah. isn't it? Henderson's. Yeah, Sheffield, yeah. strong, strong yeah. and northern. Yes. But it's exactly the same thing. But um, no anchovies. Here's one, here's one that'll blow your mind. Figs. Figs, because there's too many insects in it. No, because every fig starts with a dead wasp. Right. The wasp goes into the flower, the flower grows round it. Yeah. And it, so there you go. So that stops it being vegan, even though Dame Nature has just come up with this idea as a way of getting it. Dame fruit. Nature. Dame Nature. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know who you want. Uh, Charles Darwin, somebody has come up with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some force has produced this no, thing. No, so what they do is they get a polytunnel and they put a load of... Dead wasps in. No, alive wasps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll be honest with you, it's not really a deal breaker. I don't remember last time I ever thought, ooh, I'll just go a fig. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's very strict, though. That's yeah, very I do strict check vegan. it all. I check. That's strictly come vegan, that yeah. is, isn't it? That's, I do, because uh, I think if you're going to do it, you might as well do it properly. And yeah, I do yeah, the, yeah. The, I do it for the ethical reasons. But you're going to the back history of the fig. You're not, you're not actually eating something, but you just know that in its past, <laughs> yeah. when it was a flower. Could, I mean, there are some people, I think, are they called the Jane people? Oh, Jane's, yes. Yeah, yeah, they won't eat anything that's ploughed. Yeah. Because you're into because you're churning up the, the worms and things, and you're when, using yeah. a horse to pull it and yeah. things like that. So, well, not these days, to be honest. You have, yeah. <laughs> you're not keeping up with agricultural methods, are you? <laughs> try, do you want to try listening to the archers? You what know? Do they, uh, <laughs> what what do they what do they me- what do they measure tractors powering? Well, horsepower. There you go. But that's just an arbitrary measure. It's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> I feel like when no. I have a conversation with you, Clive, I want to say, I'll put it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Which nobody ever says, do they, in no. legal circles? No, sometimes you do, but it's, uh, it's not, not as often it happens in fictional yeah. works. Yeah. Is it not true that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, one, we've got one final wonder. Uh, whiskey distillery tours. Yes. Now, most people would end that, you know, just whiskey, but you actually like the distillery tour. Is it because it's the, it's the process you like, or is it the free whiskey at the end, or, or what? <laughs> Well, the smell, somebody suggested. The smell is lovely. They worked you out that you are a, you're a smeller. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the reason I elaborated on it was I made the effort to get into whiskey. I yeah. think when you first try it, it's pretty repellent. It's yeah. good, the smell can be quite... It can take you back. And if you're yeah. not sure what you're... You need yeah. almost in a way, you need to be taught how to taste it properly. Yes. And... and uh, Whenever I go on, like if we go on holiday to Italy, we go to like a vineyard or something. Yeah. Or if you go to France, you go to like you know cheese, and you're like, yeah. well, every time I come to Scotland, this place is full of whiskey distilleries. Yes. Why don't I make the effort? So after every Edinburgh festival, yeah, I go on a different whiskey distillery tour. All right. And the first one I did was in Edradour in Pitlochry, right. the smallest distillery in Scotland. Okay. And if to hike up through the woods past um, a, a, a waterfall called Black Spout, it's beautiful. All right. And it's a tiny distillery there, and. The whiskey distillery tours are the best value for money thing you will ever do. It's like 10 quid. Yeah. And they show you how it's all made and you get loads of free whiskey. Yes. And they tell you how they make it. So when, when you're there and you're surrounded by like the beautiful Scottish water and the sun mm. and all that and the history of it all and they're yeah. saying, oh, you can taste like butterscotch. If you just sit you know, bo- at home with a bottle of teachers, yeah. you're not going to taste... <laughs> No, you know, coffee and cinnamon and stuff like. But when yeah. you're there and you're surrounded Explaining. by it, that's the thing that gets you in. Yeah. And also, I, I think it's like really nice to learn about the history of areas. And often, <laughs> breweries yeah. or distilleries have a lot of social history, and they tell you about the yeah. changing laws of the area. Or yeah. often, these things were made to get around legislation. I'm sort of interested yeah. by stuff like that. And I love getting have drunk. Have you ever been to the? I- <laughs> have you been to the island of Isla, uh, on uh, sort of like the most southerly of sort of? Hebridean Islands. No, but I'd love to go. It's flat, but every village is the name of a whiskey. (laughs) And so you could spend, uh, uh, I think, a good 10 days there just travelling around from village to village. It's all that peaty kind of whiskey they do there. I'd love to do it. Yeah. I just love the whole thing. And then what they do is, what I'll, do, I'll go with my girlfriend and her parents, and they don't really, really drink whiskey, so they get like three samples each. They don't want this. <laughs> yes. I'm just like leathered yeah. by the end of it. It's just yeah. like, you just leave so happy. It's so, great. So is that all right when you're with your girlfriend and their par- and her parents and you say, oh, we're going on another whiskey distillery. <laughs> uh, we, we did say, uh, well, it might be ten years ago now, we don't actually like whiskey. So, so all we're doing is carrying a drunk home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> um, it does sound less good yes. for them. You could go to the, uh, you know, the Highland Spring bottling plant for a tour of water. Yeah, you know what? Or the water works. I mean, <laughs> we actually went past it on the way to, and I was like, do you reckon they'd let us in? And they thought that was a step too far. Yes. I would love to go to the Highland Spring distil- um, bottling plant. Yeah, but it's I, only going to be a pipe coming out of the ground and, and in, in, you know, in, in, with the bottles lined up. Yeah, but I, I would still, to be around that much water. <laughs> and, and a brand, I mean, I can't tell yeah. the difference between Evian and Volvic Highland Spring if I'm drinking no. it. But I do, if I'm in like WH Smiths in London, I will like... Mm. by Scottish I'm yeah. like well that's from Scotland so I'll, I'll yeah. favour that over the French stuff even though it's probably all the same when, when so I've been be nice away uh, filming sometimes and doing documentaries a late night game <laughs> we got into playing was, was lining up and do a blind tasting of whiskies 
And the great thing is, if you if you t do them neat and you you read it after the first one, you can't tell the difference from anyone. Yeah. So you can put a scotch in there, you know, bourbon. You can even throw in a brandy, and people can't tell the difference. <laughs> and scotch flavour mostly comes from the barrels. The, it's this age, oh. which comes from the the sherry or the bourbon or whatever else has been in it. So distilled spirit is 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 clear and tasteless. Yes. Yes. And that's where it gets its colour. So the ones that are done in sherry casks have that lovely... Yeah. Oh, they do them in red wine casks, and then they have that lovely dark yeah. red, and you can taste the sweetness. I met a guy in America who told me that they... I mean, I realise I'm gonna, that makes it sound like yeah. he was like some shaman. Yeah. All he did was tell me that there's a whiskey company that takes the barrels out on the sea, yeah. and they're at sea all year round, and they think that a bit of the salt air gets in, uh, and you can taste it. Now, that could just be marketing yes. rubbish. Yeah. Um, but I probably will buy a Look, bottle. Matt, we, we've come to the end of your wonders. We've come to the end of our time. I've conscious I haven't really dealt with uh, much with your whole range of impersonations. When you when you do spitting image, who, what are the, what are the voices that you do? What's uh, what's your favourite ones? And are they people who are about to leave the political scene, <laughs> yes. giving worrying you? Do you do Boris? You do Boris. I do Boris Johnson. Yeah. Yes, and I prefer doing them on spitting image is good fun, but it's, I, I prefer doing them like doing them live is yeah. far more. Uh, even the way that they move. <laughs> and, and, and I want to be true to God, that's uh, fantastic. Uh, interviewer. Yeah. And, and the way that, you know, all the different things that you notice about yes. it. In a way, it's a yeah. form of observational comedy. Yeah. And uh, the way that when he's asked a question, that initially incredulous, but you're lying to the public, yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> that sort of fake incredulity, yeah, yeah. you know, the ah, uh, uh, yeah. he has that. Bit, I only noticed that recently. Does that the big wide? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. we're going to get on with uh, yeah. uh, living yeah. up, yeah. and uh, yeah. he'll sort of uh, go go fast. Yeah. And uh, yes, the party was in the pre-beauty lockdown, loving Captain Hindsight. The party, yes, that's mad to watch. Yeah, so, I mean, he is. He is a bit of a gift, isn't he? Because he's kind of a caricature of a character in the film. I mean, the other. So I do Trump as well, as I said yeah. earlier. I, I do Rishi and I do. Um, and what's Rishi? Rishi's quite. Keir I mean, he's, he's pretty yeah. smooth, isn't he? I mean, well, he is. I mean, Roy Bremner's made this point before. A lot of them sound like Tony Blair. Yeah. So it's almost like making an Italian meal. You, you have to start with onions and garlic, and like Blair is your base stock. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, it, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things that you realise about him, Clive. Yes, it's right, by the yeah. way, that we invested not only in the NHS, but we reformed it. Yeah. And. You know, I yeah. sort of have moments. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of Blair, and then yeah. Rishi is kind of almost like a sort of helium version, but we smashed it. Yeah, there's yeah. a kind of nasal, I want to make it a safer society. There's a bit of a lisp there, yeah. and he's totally pathetic. We smashed it. Yeah, yeah. you're that sort of weird, sad yeah. kind of guy. Um, Keir Starmer, actually, you know, it's always the ones that people say, oh, they're kind of harder to do. Yeah. Or people assume they will be. In a way, that's more fun because mm. then you're the person who's noticing stuff. Yeah. With Boris, a million people sure. have noticed yeah. about him. With Starmer, he sounds a bit like Ed Miliband. Yeah. So, you know, Clive, you know, Ed Miliband, <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Sort of, yeah. The, way, yeah. the way he was mad, how yeah. funny he was, actually. And Keir Starmer has a bit of that. Yeah. But Clive, I've got to. Tell you, you know, yeah. a, the phrase. He always has his right hand out. Actually, yeah. at the Metropolitan Police. It's, if you want to get yeah. a Keir Starmer, because it's got enough vowels to get the block yeah. nose. But then it's the staccato. He and he's kind of holding. He's holding his voice back in a sort of with the way you're. That's a, it's yes. a good observation. I, I can now see because when impersonators do people, we now realise what we've been listening to all this yes. time. It's quite a, the, the skill you've got is to notice it and and encapsulate it. That's. Uh, Sorry, I'm turning it to Boris. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that thing you did with Tony Blair there, where he's uh, that by the way thing, that he, as soon as he just wants to change the subject, oh, and by the way, we did such and such. Yeah, it is by the way. You answer the question. <laughs> yeah. But they're really, yeah. he is, uh, and I've interviewed, yeah. I, I do a podcast for yeah. interview politicians. I've had Tony Blair on an interview yeah. Gordon Brown the other week. Yeah. And there, there are politicians that are a cut above, and they, uh, yeah. you are in the presence of people that are very, very good at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. frankly, finding yeah. a way, Clive, yeah. to. Yeah, and also it's it's moving, changing yeah. the impression with uh, so Tony Blair's voice now you may have noticed is a lot drier at the back. Yeah, and you know particularly when he says a word like party. Yeah, you know, yeah. my my you know the Labour Party now yeah. Yeah. it's kind of got a biscuity crumbliness. Yes, yeah. and, and then <laughs> that's true. Obviously, yeah. what we, you need with Blair is he would channel emotion. Yeah, you know, she was. 
the people's princess. Yeah. yeah. And you just need that little, just that yeah. little squeak. Some actor in him. But, yeah, yeah, but he does, they, they look like giants now, don't they? Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, he, even John Major, who didn't seem that impressive <laughs> at the time. He's, he's a wise old statesman. Yeah. But is that just, uh, we're getting old, or I'm getting old and thinking those were better in those days. And we never liked the ones who are around now. They'll, in, in 10 years' time, we'll be thinking about, wasn't it great when Boris was around? Well, such, a, <laughs> such, such a wise old, wise old man in charge of things. He knew how to get those injections out. <laughs> but there is a sort of, I guess you have to give credit even to Boris Johnson for the things that they yeah, get yeah, right. Yeah. But, I, but I think certainly then, the reason why we're fond of perhaps some of those yeah. people is, Tony Blair did win three elections. Yes. He was popular for a period of time. Yeah. John Major in 1992 had that sensational victory. He was yeah. Prime Minister for seven years. You can't be Prime Minister for no. an extended period of time if you're not either good at it or popular. So I don't think it's unusual to, to uh, like This them. is my fault. We've got to end now because oh, I've, I've just got you going on your great <laughs> impressions. I thought I mustn't just ask you to do your impressions, but no, yes, I did. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, Clive. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a stack production in association with Alaska TV and powered by the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.